Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Art Supply Posse, a podcast about art supplies and the people that use them. My name is Heather Rivard and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Kathy Campbell. How are you doing tonight, Kathy? I'm doing okay. I am here and I'm ready to have the soothing dulcet tones of your voice to speak to you <laughs> to kind of calm down after a crazy busy day. <laughs> Were you are you just home from rehearsal or other uh, nonsense? No, thankfully. So uh, this past weekend was opening weekend um, of the play. So we don't have rehearsal for uh, the week. We have a pickup on Thursday before the play. But like gotcha. tonight is the first night I'm going to get to go to sleep before like 11 o'clock in about two weeks. Ooh, and nice. I'm very excited. Because I'm normally an eight o'clock p.m. in bed person, and so it's been it's been rough. Plus, I've had to wear ho- like stockings and heels. Oh shoot! And so my feet are just completely trashed, and my hair is completely trashed <laughs> because I've had to like tease it up. And I'll I'll post some pictures that I put on my Instagram of my hair after I take it out of like what? Yeah, it's. It's a disaster, but I'm excited <laughs> to kind of relax tonight and just kind of, we'll do this podcast and then I think I'm going to go straight to bed and it's going to be amazing. Uh, I wish I could live up to your example. I, in my heart <laughs> of hearts, am an early morning person. Like I just love, love it to death when I can get up in the morning and all of this insanity over the past couple months has conspired for me to be going to bed very late I like rarely go to bed before midnight and it seriously like it's like depression and anxiety then you stay up late and then that's not good for me so then it's more depression and anxiety it's like ooh, what what a nice little loop we're in (laughs) that that terrible terrible like just uh cycle of horror that like your horror yeah. yeah my my brain chemicals have not been being nice to me like over the past six months and uh, all of the moving and stuff was nice because it was like so much chaos and things to do and things are finally settling down and now my little broken hormones are like, oh, now we can get back to us. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. and how we're not doing awesome. Like, you Your know. Your brain needs to <laughs> shut the cuss up. Yeah, like not in any catastrophic way, you know, but just in a kind of like, yeah. like this isn't the best. Um, but it's good. Things are settling in. By the end of the Go summer, ahead. things will be hopefully like super smooth. So yeah it's good Yay. it's good good um I almost interrupted you when you were talking about your um schedule because I noticed the emoji for <laughs> this week that you put up so we're <laughs> talking about arts with kids and I don't even I don't know if I've ever seen this little baby face with a little tuft of hair <laughs> but it's it's like rendered quite large in this google doc and it's making me very happy <laughs> It, it, it's staring at you. It it's is. staring into your soul. Yeah. No, the the best, the absolute best part about being, of using the emojis on the Mac is the ability to search. Oh, that's true. So it is I nice. searched for kid and I was like, yep, this is it. This is the one. This is what is going to be the emoji. Oh, cool. It doesn't look like it has any um, gender modifiers. It's just a little, it's just a little unisex baby. Yep. 
Cool. Which is fine because babies don't need to have a a gender associated with them. Yeah, they can just chill for a minute, you know? Like they yeah. they've got they've got really simple simple tasks ahead of them for the next few years and very few of them will be like very gender influenced. So, we can right. uh, we can just just put put a purple bow and move move along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, we don't have a ton of follow-up um today, but we did want to like touch base a little bit apologize yeah yeah, we don't want to be like too dramatic because i think some of this was like just in jest about like kathy and i doing a poor job of telling difference between arizona and new mexico but then also doing a poor job of even knowing anything about that part of the country and well and it's really rough because my sister lives in arizona she lives right outside of phoenix and works on the nuclear power plant there so like i know that Arizona is not New Mexico. <laughs> I know I'm this. aware of this. I know this in my mind. I don't always know but, this in my words in the middle yes. of recording. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm so sorry to everyone in the Southwest. Yes. That, there are probably lots of yeah. like micro regional identities as well as some like solidly different things about those states as well as some large like um, misunderstandings about the region in general. I mean... And on a good day when people get a little um, snotty about the Midwest, like sometimes people say the word, the like phrase flyover states. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, haha, it's funny. And sometimes I'm like, nah, I'm going to punch you in the face. Like sometimes yeah. it really denotes a lot like uh, like actual dismissiveness about this like huge part of the world, which like makes me real sad. So I apologize because I can definitely imagine that like listening to those episodes, if you live in that part of the country being like, hmm. That's not how it is. We do pay our taxes and like we're it's not hot all the time. And like for Lord's sake, like read a Wikipedia article and you'll like learn three different things about the place. Yeah, where just we pay live. attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I totally get it too. You know, I live in Oregon and a lot of people I mean, I I was asked if we traveled in covered wagons. Oh Lord. Like seriously <laughs> before. Um I've had people say what there's a state between california and washington um like i i get it and i apologize because i know how frustrating it is um and so again but this is leading to some good things yeah Um, we've decided to double down on how much we don't know about new mexico and we're gonna do (laughs) an all new mexico episode so we're gonna like research the history of like how it became a place where people love to do the arts and like learn a little bit about the different city centers and um, like maybe even pull in some like expert guests, people that know a little bit more about the place. Um, we're just, like working on some people that we might have on the show, but we're going to like double down and leave this place having like something reasonable to say about this part of the world. Fully for uh, hopefully we'll be forgiven. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <Penance>. <laughs> And it may lead to future um, topic options because every, you know, every state has an area that tends to be, if not more, that tends to be very artistically inclined. Um, Ooh, we could do like a tour of the 50 states, like arts that's what I was thinking. across America. Oh, I would love yeah. that. And yeah. we're also going to get to talk about our favorite thing, which is uh, like... Uh, being really intense and feminist about art it's gonna be great because i just learned that georgia o'keefe lived like a long 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 bit of her life in new mexico so we're we're gonna do that it's gonna be great 
Yes, it's going to be exciting. So let us know if you want to hear a tour of art regions in the United States. We've got to think of a better name. Uh, (laughs) Road trip. Let us know what you think it should be called. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, and if you have like links of interest for New Mexico, like things that we should know about, um, send us, send them your way. I'm looking forward to kind of like digging them out i'm remembering something vaguely about like this tradition of like painting cars in some city in new mexico oh that being like a a a sort of like local thing but i might be sticking my foot right in my mouth right now maybe the cars are in arizona but like we're (laughs) we're gonna rectify the situation (laughs) see this is why we're not supposed to talk about it until after we 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 do read the wikipedia articles yeah Anywho, like much love to everybody who lives in New Mexico and Arizona. And um, hopefully on the other side of this, we will have a little bit more of a clue. And yeah, maybe do some other little um, features because I think that would be super fun. Yeah, I I think we could even have like listeners on to talk about the arts community in their part of the country or like their part of the world. That would be awesome. I would love that. that. I'm such a nerd for like small towns and like how people do a great job even in like secondary or like tertiary cities in America that are like still pretty large but not like you know the 10 most populous cities or whatever right right yeah no I think that would be really cool especially because it could help learn so if we have some of the smaller cities um like I'm just thinking of so my town every summer has like an art walk so Um, so our main street has all of this you know the all of the uh downtown um store fronts and things have have pieces from local artists uh and we also have a chalk art festival um where the main the downtown area is just covered in chalk art and it's just fantastic and i would love i think it would be really cool for us to learn more about other small towns and how they do things and maybe we can um share some art love uh and get some ideas for our local communities i think that falls right in line with the sort of theme of we've always been more about uh hobbyists and like getting into art in the early stages more than Um, focusing on uh, like the experience of being a professional working artist and I think we all know sort of the hubs of mm, like real intense like fine arts scene but similarly I think that's great like it's good that there are galleries and professional galleries and uh, auction houses and all that stuff but there are also all of these tiny little nonprofits and community organizations that keep the arts scene uh like locally keep them going and it's a ton yeah, of work it's like, so important oh it's so yeah important to have it local yeah um yeah i could i could do a whole episode on like the art center in my city so that would be fun yeah That'd be cool. All right. So now that we've talked about all of these episodes for the future. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We're just like doing a little planning meeting on air. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I told you like this was like I I have been running all over the place today. And so I'm excited to like actually be sitting down and thinking about what I'm saying before I'm saying it. And so it's just kind of what it's splooged everywhere. So, (laughs) yeah, we're we're Uh, good. Yeah. 
But the our main topic is something that you don't need to do a lot of research about because Thank goodness. word is um, you sort of lived this experience, which is <laughs> to talk a little bit about the experience of being a parent and how to build arts into your life with your children in sort of uh, lighter kind of what to do on a rainy day kind of ways, but also in the more like long term, like how to how to develop an interest and appreciation for the arts. So um, I know zero. I mean, I know, I know <laughs> like one tenth. I, I mean, I have friends that are tiny people, you know, like it's not right. like I've never met a child before, but I think you know a <laughs> lot more about it than I do. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm, I'm definitely, so I have, I have a friend um, who's, daughter is in my daughter's class and so we've developed a bond through that and I am just in awe of her amazing skills um she like will have post be posting these pictures of these art projects that she's done with her kids you know flowers and like I call her Pinterest mom because she does these amazing Pinterest projects and just like her kids are always having fun and like Avi spent uh, a weekend over there once and like they sewed doll clothes and a quilt and I'm just like, uh, uh we, we colored in a coloring book. Like, now, Kathy, do we have to go back and like listen to our last episode together about the, yes. the dangers of Pinterest life? Yes, we probably do. <laughs> but... The, the truth of the matter is that um, it's my daughter has an enjoyment of art. Like I am looking around on my desk and I have about 30 different pictures that she's drawn or cut out and colored um, and, that are posted on my walls. Like she's constantly doodling and drawing I mean I have a napkin from dinner tonight of like this this puppy dog that she drew and like she just has has the eye for the shapes Mm -hmm. so she's like okay I'm gonna draw this or like she'll be watching a YouTube video of how to draw an owl and we'll draw it and it's pretty dang good for an eight-year-old like yeah that's really cool and so it's really something's working (laughs) because she really enjoys it. And, and that's what, especially for something like art that is so important is to make sure that it has, that you're enjoying it. Um, So one of the questions you asked about was the piano lessons conundrum and you know, Oh, I don't want to go blah, blah, blah. So we went through this a little bit with dance, uh, right before Christmas, in fact. Um, And she didn't want to do dance anymore. Mm -hmm. Or no, it was right after Christmas. So like January or so. She just, she was just so over it. And I learned that that it was actually because she was just really tired. Mm. Because she was taking three dance classes in a row. Gotcha. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's three hours of dance on a Monday that starts right after school. No wonder she's tired. Yeah. And so like just looking at seeing why they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about it? And talking to them about it and finding out, oh, it's because she's tired. Okay, so we moved one of the classes to Wednesday because it was her favorite class that she loved 
to do. So we did that and now it was fine. Right. And so now her classes are one each day this season for the summer schedule. And so it's, it's going to be even easier because she has that break between. Um, but she, we did piano lessons a year or so ago and had to stop because the teacher stopped playing. But there were definitely times that she didn't want didn't want to do it. And I know that, like, as a parent, there's so many things that your kids don't want to do. Right. They don't want to take a bath. They don't want to brush their teeth. They don't want to do their homework. They don't want to eat dinner. Like, this is this is something that it starts before they even talk. Right. And it's something that you learn how to deal with on the important things. And sometimes it's okay to just say, mm, you know what? We don't we don't need to do this right now. Yeah, I mean, let's at the risk of being that person that's like giving advice with very little experience. <laughs> one thing I've heard my friends who do have kids talk about is giving giving kids a lot of choice when it comes to signing up for things you know so like yeah. what do you want to do um and if they say they don't want to then they don't want to but like if you've signed up for the year of t-ball if you've signed up for the trimester of dance classes like you finish the things that we signed up for right like at the end of that yes. you can say no but there's no like quitting in the middle just because it's tuesday and tuesday is hard you know like with some exceptions, yes. of course, like kids get sick, kids have hard days, like, of course, but in general, having that kind of like modular approach where like we make commitments up front in these pieces, but I'm not going to make you like take violin until you're 17 just because. Right. And it becomes, it becomes uh, a lesson to teach outside of just the classes too, because like if you um, have signed up for like a three week volunteering Thing for something well they're relying on you to do it right. and this commitment that has happened yeah you may not want to do it but you said yes so it's something that really is it needs to be taught consistently from a young age so that when you become when the, your child is on their own they will continue on with whatever they've actually signed up for or said that they would do even if they don't want to because they said they've done it and the sound of avi in the background is very on brand oh it's not actually oh it avi. isn't it's, it's the neighbor kids <laughs> yeah. the sound of, I, you know it's, it didn't really sound like her i was like that sounds like a group of kids but like yeah they they i'm i'm impressed with them to be uh all the way from the neighbors that's pretty good uh yeah and they are um extremely vocal and uh so it's just kind of the the auditory surroundings of this uh this little neighborhood <laughs> i like it yeah um, it's totally on purpose yeah i you know i'm i'm biased i'm culturally biased toward the merits of keeping your head down and doing it anyway and yeah uh i think sometimes in my life that has uh actually turned around and like maybe not served me the best because it's easy for me to uh, just g go through a lot of stuff before I step back and say like 
is this really working? Like, do we need to rethink some things? But, you know, like, I showed up at work today and, like, my brain chemicals were giving me a hard time. And I was like, you know what? Just start working. Like, stop thinking about it and it'll go away. And, like, you know, that's that's a privilege of having, like, very high functioning, like, very manageable stuff. But it's also, like, a lot of years of parents and grandparents and teachers just kind of drilling that into like yeah it's okay do it anyway just do just keep doing yeah yeah and you know what it's something um again like being able to look at my daughter's schedule and talk to her and and see if we can find the words to find out that yes it's because she didn't want to go to dance because she was tired because she was doing it for three hours like okay it's not that she didn't want to do dance. It was that she didn't want to be tired. And and, and so, that's hard, right? Because like that's a knowing the difference between those two things. That's like a lot of emotional intelligence for yeah. a nine-year-old or a 10-year-old, you know? Right. Well, and it's something, too, that as adults, we struggle with um, a lot of times, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's Monday. I don't want to do this. And it's like, oh, no, it's not actually because it's a Monday. It's because you had an email from a, a customer that was really harsh or you had a right. coworker that maybe said something that that turned you off into a weird way or you woke up and, and you ran out of toothpaste. Like there's <laughs> there's all of these little things that can build up that can really affect your day as a whole. And it's something that, you know, art especially can help you live through those emotions and it it can be a form of therapy to really like let you put everything into this piece of whatever that isn't directly related to your day or what you're doing Mm -hmm. and then you can just breathe and be like oh okay I feel better now yeah yeah that's that's one of my favorite things about um going to church and like having the sort of discipline of like doing it anyways it's um you know like some days it feels great some days it's uh, a real hassle but I find that I get I get so much more out of the community when I show up on my good days and I show up on my bad days because then it it becomes kind of like a a mediator, like a heat sink, you know? It sort of like um, keeps my lows from getting too low and my highs from getting too high, you know? It it kind of like levels me out because I'm there with other people and they're bringing all of their experiences into that as well. And I think that something like going to tap dance every week can have um, the same kind of um, influence whether you're an adult and you're going to do like an adult dance class or you're a kid that has like their own emotional stuff but like showing up at the same time every week and like moving your body around and getting real exhausted and um, you know getting to like jump and shout and and get that stuff out I it seems like it would have to have like a good effect on emotional health yeah well and it's like you know uh, a lot of times writers will say write every day um 
whether you have something to say or not and whatever it, it doesn't even have to be writing on the project you're working on or an article that you're writing or anything but just do it anyways you know what the same thing for art I know when I was younger and my drawings were much better than they are now it was because I was drawing every day. Mm, I was drawing, yeah. sketching on the back of my notes, on the back of my tests, all of this stuff. And now I'm like, oh, well, yeah, if I did it every day, I'd probably get back to the levels that I was happy with. And it's it's something that, like, part of the Miracle Morning, um, which I don't know if you – I don't think we've talked about the Miracle Morning before – no, um, I don't think so. Is it part of like, is it kind of like the artist's way, like a daily morning exercise? Yeah, kind of like that. It's it's more uh, it's um, more of a general overview of like how to start out your day regardless of what you do, mm -hmm. um, but very similar to the artist's way mindset of like, if you have these things that you do in the morning, so do um a little bit of reflection so meditation or prayer or bible study or whatever um do some reading do something exercise based you mm -hmm. know all of these things and you can you can adjust your morning to be what you want it to be and you know one of those things taking some time to be artistic whether it's drawing or painting or writing or dancing or whatever it is that you're doing and if you do it every day then you're going to get better and it's going to be easier and mm -hmm. you won't, you'll begin to not even think about it. It's just going to be what's going to happen. Yeah. And I like that. I like, I like the idea of being able to, you know, have that growth mm -hmm. in myself, but also in Avi too. Yeah. Um, so in the future she can have that, just a mindset of, Hey, let's, let's get better at something and I'm gonna toot your own a little bit because like being the perfect Pinterest mom that's like always ready with a perfect construction paper craft activity like that's that's one approach you know and like if that's yeah. your jam like do it like that's great um but there's also I think of like long families of musicians you know families where just yes. generation after generation of kids just like play lots of different instruments and that really only comes out of that kind of expression just being a part of life it's like a part of what you do and yeah. I think you know like I'm not around maybe you're like giving yourself a hard time maybe you're fine at like Pinterest crafts but I do know that you have a lot of artistic expression in your own life and in your own career. And I think much more powerful yeah. than the things that we try to teach our kids explicitly are the things that we teach them implicitly by the way that we live. And I know that Avi like lives in a house where her mom is really creative and that's going to have a huge impact on her no yeah. matter how many and Pinterest can... crafts go down on any <laughs> given true. Saturday. It's true. And I can really, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I can really see that when I witnessed her robot for school. Um, so in second grade, everyone does, uh, all the kids do a robot. It doesn't have to be a working robot. It, it can be just a drawing of a robot. So it's a wide range based on, you know, your at-home assistance versus, like, 
you don't have to go out and spend hundreds of dollars. And there was such a wide range of robots and they were all amazing. Well, Avi had a very specific visual mm-hmm. of what she wanted to do. And so we asked Uncle Matthew, who gladly accepted the uh, authoritative helper of <laughs> uh, power tools uh-huh. to work on this robot. And it is the most amazing star lobster cat <laughs> that you will ever see. <laughs> so good. We will Do you have pictures of this? Picture in, uh, of course. <laughs> course I have pictures of this so I will post yeah there will be a picture in the show notes of her with her lobster cat um and she was very adamant she knew exactly exactly what she wanted done um nothing was contributed like design wise Mm -hmm. from my brother um and it's it's amazing. Uh, and we used the paint from the May Art Snacks box Aww, to paint. So nice. Which was perfect because that's where, like, I was like, oh, I have the perfect paint. Like, yeah, because I was that big old it's, tube it's of acrylic paint. Yeah. Huge tube. And I got, I had the big paintbrush. Ooh, that and was yours was like it. a like, permissive orange kind of color, wasn't it? Uh, no, mine was uh, the turquoise. Oh, turquoise. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it it just it worked out absolutely perfectly. Hold on <laughs> real quick while I find it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to like try to reference this as if it's a truth, but it's a thing that I heard being passed around like a couple years ago. I think it was like a, a Freakonomics insight, like one of their early things, because what, what they would do sometimes is they'll take these like very generic uh, like platitudes and try to approach them like rigorously from a statistical and economic point of view. And so mm-hmm. they they sort of took as a starting point this um, sort of generic refrain from lots of parents, like, what do you want for your kids? Well, I just want them to be happy. And so they, they right. sort of like took those parents at their word and said, OK, let's approach this not as a platitude, but as a thing that people want. Like, what can what can parents actually do to um, try to increase the likelihood of like happiness outcomes for their kids? Um, right. Can you guess what, like, I guess, again, according to this anecdote, like, what was the, not only the n- number one, but, like, one of the only, like, strongly correlated factors of, like, what parents could do to guarantee the happiness of their children? To let them do their own thing? Uh, I think that's I a have, good insight. Uh, the I, I, I no thought idea. it was so <laughs> exciting that, like, the number one thing a parent could do is, like, to be happy themselves like people oh, that are happy are the people that raise kids that are happy and I just thought that was so nice again I'm not gonna like try maybe I'll try to dig it up but it might not be a true thing but it definitely speaks to me that like you can try to like get the best schools and get the best arts training but like if you want your kids to be artists like cultivate your own artistic 
self you know and if like if you want to your kids to be happy like cultivate your own happiness like if you want your kids to choose their well-being over like maximizing their income like you're gonna have to walk that walk too you know like yeah we learn so much from what we see the people that we respect doing it's so that's such a yeah so we um last week uh, my school had um, what's called the a maker's fair. Mm-hmm. And so there were um, a bunch of booths where um, we did a lot of like STEM projects. So there was a Sphero, including a BB-8. Uh, there was a stop motion camera. There was sewing. There was a 3D printer, yada, yada. And I helped out at the um, green screen uh, little booth thing. And I basically didn't have to do anything because Avi came in and was just queen of the green screen. (laughs) So she like would hold the iPad and we there were a variety of backgrounds and one of the most popular was Minecraft. Mm -hmm. And they she'd be like, "Okay, go chop down that tree," and "Oh no, let's let's start like just walking them through a, a video like." instructions while she's filming it and just like this amazing creativity and I'm just like oh my goodness she's talking exactly like I do when I'm on a (laughs) photography session like when you were talking about her having this like perfect vision of her little robot I was like "Mm, I think I've been on the other end of that perfect vision (laughs) (laughs) that sounds familiar uh-huh yeah yeah, it's 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 a thing. Yeah, yep, she's definitely my daughter. Yeah, no, that's so cool. Is is she really into Minecraft? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I so mean, cool. she will watch YouTube videos of people playing Minecraft. I mean, <sighs> Man. it's just it, it's intense. And you know what? It's great because she can build some crazy things, and it's like that hand eye coordination, but also like the actual architectural like mindset of the 3d world and where to put blocks to do these shapes and you know it's it's really cool it's impressive i think okay i'm gonna kind of go off on a tangent here bear with me tangent (laughs) not not never um so (laughs) like back in college i uh thought a lot about uh the evolutionary development of human beings and then like how our biological selves interact with modern institutions and modern constructs right so like how does our how does our old self like the biologically modern version of human beings that have been around for like 10,000 years what happens when that little meat creature like bumps into 21st century constructs of media right okay and one of the things that is very different about the world now than 10,000 years ago is the whole notion of adolescence. Like adolescence is a very, very modern concept. Like human beings right. become like sexually mature, you know, between 14 and 18 years old. And there, the notion that there's this space in between sexual maturity and adulthood is like, a very recent phenomenon 
and in some ways that's great you know like I think there's probably some really good things about adolescence but one of the reasons why we have this cultural cliche about like middle schoolers being awful is because there's a lot of things happening in that like 10,000 year old meat creature that's like really vying for independence and freedom and living in a culture where there's very little independence and freedom for 12 year olds 14 year olds 15 year olds and when I occasionally bump into like Minecraft videos like this whole universe of creativity and ingenuity like built entirely by 13 year olds like I feel I feel like they're finding their own little places on the internet where they can express just how like competent and intelligent and uh, like responsible they are because it's this alternative universe where they have a lot of autonomy and they can organize their own communities and they can engage in leadership and they can moderate comments and they can you know the kind of like activism happening on tumblr where like like young young teenagers are like reaching out to like young young trans kids and like intervening and supporting each other it's it's i mean it's it's really really incredible and like just imagining avi like taking charge on that situation it's like in a lot of ways i'm so glad that she lives in a world where she's gonna have a lot of time to become an adult you know (laughs) but i'm also glad that there are places like minecraft videos where she can sort of like express her independence and like become a little autonomous creature and still be a child yeah exactly like yeah instead of i mean that's this world where the sexualization of children is so prevalent and it's i mean just looking at clothing options is a whole other topic uh that's probably not really for this podcast um (laughs) no but it's real i mean if we're talking about raising kids you know like that's a right yeah and 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 the the artistic mindset of being able to choose clothing but also make sure that it's appropriate i mean Avi asked me the other day, we were walking to school, and she's like, Mommy, am I going to be dress coded? And I was like, what? What? It's like, am I going to be sent home for wearing the wrong clothes? I was like, well, no, because, you know, we make sure that you're you're covered. But then I, and in elementary school, she doesn't really have, like, there isn't really a dress code. But I'm like, oh, great. In a couple years, when she's in middle school, and as tall as she is, her, she's not ever going to be able to wear shorts oh, because God. they're the all going to be too short. Stupid rules, like these, like, right? These schools that don't understand geometry or ratios or something—it's ridiculous. They're like the yeah. shorts have to be the same length whether you're like a six foot tall fourteen year old or like a five foot tall fourteen year old. Right, and like the length of the the shorts are the same the length of the legs are totally different and it's just uh, it's just like oh great we're gonna have to start thinking about that and yeah uh, and they a lot of a lot of schools use that um like shorthand of like your jeans have to be longer than your fingertips and like I had a good friend in school who was like a tall like lanky lady and 
her fingertips came like down to her knees. She had this uh-huh. like huge like wingspan. She basically had to wear capris. Like that was basically it. It was like the oh, only option. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that wow, this this episode went in a very odd direction. Yeah, you're never going to get me to pump the brakes on like, let's tone it down on talking about uh, like ethics and culture. So. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad to say you're going to be 100% responsible for toning that down. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, you know what? That's okay. So okay. Uh, back to art. Back to art. Uh, with children. <laughs> uh, the best, the best thing is is letting them express themselves and not worrying about the cleanup. Yeah. Um, so making sure you take the the necessary precautions, of course. So like if you have to take them outside and put them in a tarp so that they can finger paint, great. And then you just hose them off at the end. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, and that, I mean, that's why we started talking was that discussion about the art snacks box that's right. Yeah, because that was like the first thing you ever no, said was like, this is great. Yeah. This is great for Avi. Yeah. There's no pressure of ruining, you know, a couple hundred dollar set of colored pencils or whatever because it uh, set monthly fee. Yeah. Yeah. Go, it's like a set wild. monthly investment and you know that this is a thing you're going to do together. And so yeah. if it just so happens that you get something fragile and you like tear through it in a week, it's like, okay, whatever. That's what this was budgeted That's for. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so like being able to use half the thing of the acrylic paint last year on her awesome star lobster cat uh, was well worth it. And we got to have a discussion on the difference between humpback whales, sperm whales and orcas because the the claws of the lobster ended up looking like humpback whales (laughs) Um, because they were blue on top and white on the bottom and and just like. Just all of these, these layers, um, just because of this paint. Yeah, and it's just kind of cool. Last summer, I had a couple extra like paint cans, and I had this like old, old shed behind my trailer that just kind of came with my trailer that I never used for anything because it was like you couldn't really secure it. I like just kept my all my tools like inside. Um, but one summer, uh, my the the neighbor boy like was turning it into his fort you know and like his mom was a good friend of mine so it was sort of like all above board but one day I like went over and got them and I was like got it approved I was like are all these clothes expendable (laughs) (laughs) she was like yep check 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 everything is expendable and I just gave them like a couple of paintbrushes and a couple cans of paint and I was like don't put paint on the neighbor's house and I will see you later. Right. And like they made such a royal mess of themselves and of the trailer. I mean, not the trailer, <laughs> of the shed. But it was like, oh, man, it was so good to see them just like reeling in the like boundlessness. They're like, I can do whatever stupid thing I want. Like I can, yes. I can paint this as much as I want. And, you know, that's kind of the uh, cool ant syndrome of being able to do that stuff because right. you don't have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is you can do it as a as a as a parent too. Yeah. Like being able to, you know, you set the boundaries and you set, you know, don't paint here, mm-hmm. but also make it make it easy for them to not fail. Right. So take out anything breakable of the area anything priceless that can't get paint on it 
be prepared for, you know, paint to get someplace, but just make sure that it's not going to be on a place that is, you know, priceless and let your child succeed in what they're doing. And I, I think that that's the easiest, the greatest gift I can give <laughs> in my extensive, you know, child rearing knowledge is, you know, just let them let, give them the guidelines to be safe and uh, somewhat responsible, but let them let them be free. I think it sounds good. I think you're a smart lady. I wouldn't go that far, but sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll pretend. Uh, cool. Anything else you want to say about arts, art stuff? Just let them, you know, let your child tell you what they want, uh, what they're interested in, and pay attention, and uh, and and be okay to tell them no. Hey, and if you're one Whether of those... Uh, uh, I'm going to say lucky schmucks, but I don't mean that it's unlucky to have children. But like, if you happen to be a person that doesn't have children like me, uh, yeah, you've got more energy than your having children counterparts. So uh, yes. <laughs> grab one of them. Feel and do, free. Do an art project. <laughs> yes. Feel free to volunteer your services to take a child off someone's yeah. hands because <laughs> they will love that you That is not necessarily it, true. You know, uh, people without children can spend their energy in other ways. But if you are a person well, yes. without, a children and, oh, without a children, without a child, and you have <laughs> extra energy, um, I think that's cool. I've had a lot of fun um, doing that with like neighbor kids and nieces and nephews and yeah. stuff. So it's... Uh, it's good, and then at the end you get to drop them off. It's great, right? All the it's like yeah, all, all the them fun. Up on sugar, yeah, exactly. You can go home and, and send uh, them home. Um, <laughs> do whatever you want. It's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe maybe check with the parents beforehand. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank you all for listening. Um, if you want to get in touch. Can I do the question for next oh week? Oh, my God. I'm so bad at this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you did it again. Did it again. Gosh. Okay. It's yes. because this is what happens when uh, <sighs> I've done my brain like is five broken. in a row. <laughs> I know. I know. I didn't even know it was my it's turn okay. to do the intro. I had to do it twice because I forgot. So, yes. Yeah. Ask me a question. Okay. Uh, so, I'm excited for this question for next week. And I would like you to like put together a guide for how to learn something new um so whether it's a new medium or a a new style or something but like how do you get over the fear of looking stupid uh or at least manage it um and like ways to help get started uh, without like what a good question burning down a house or something (laughs) I have all these ideas and I I I always do this when you ask the question I'm always like well let me answer that (laughs) I know right it's so hard not to answer it I'm gonna don't answer it it yet I'm gonna keep it inside my head and we're gonna talk about it next week okay so next week we will talk (laughs) about like how to get into something new and um until then um you can uh get in touch with both of us on Twitter. Um, Kathy is at Mrs. Soup and I am at Periard. And of course you can always grab both of us at um, Art Supply Posse on Twitter. If you have something a little longer form, we are always accepting um, emails and images and uh, uh, long missives at uh, hello at artsupplyposse.com. 
Thank you to Bob Atkins for our intro and outro music. And hope you guys all have a real art-filled week. Yes. Good night, Posse. Bye, guys. <laughs>